his life. Uh, man, okay, so I guess I broke my streak, and I'm hoping, though, you know, two days later than my general posting, you know, maybe that's the window of uh, mercy there. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have an excuse, guys. I guess the only good news is, is at least I'm only in competition with myself. Uh, the worst thing I could do is just not do a, a, a podcast this week, and I just I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't do that to myself. I couldn't do that to you. I just didn't want to do that to anybody, and I still felt like it was just important to, you know, put something else out there and just to kind of share it from the heart, and, and that's really what I want to do today. I, I, what's, this week was different. This week, the reason why a podcast didn't go out is because I was literally a kid in a candy store of ideas and topics and things floating through my head that I just couldn't pick one. <laughs> so so we're going to just slow it down here a little bit, and we're going to have a good old-fashioned Bible study. Uh, you know, and, and I hope that doesn't sound boring. I don't like them to be boring. I think that if you read the Bible in its context and it's in a, in a way it's supposed to be read, it can actually be one of the most incredible, awe-inspiring, beautiful pieces of literature and work that anybody could ever pick up and read because it truly, in my opinion, truly defines what the human existence is supposed to be like, especially when you're reading about Jesus and the New Testament and about how just the, the incredible love that's capable by God's creation and from him and to him and to others as well. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But first off, first of, first and foremost, thank you for joining me again today. I pray and hope you've had an incredible, wonderful week. I, I know the weather's starting to get nicer. I hope you're getting outside more. I hope you're getting out there and, you know, experiencing life the best you can. And maybe you're out there traveling, you know, if, you, if you're out there just uh, maybe on vacation or just being able just to take a drive somewhere or fly somewhere or just get on a boat. I don't care. Just get out and do something. Uh, because, you know, not only is this life short, but, you know, we have all just had an opportunity, uh, an opportunity. We've all just been stuck. We haven't had any opportunities, honestly. And for a lot of good reason, you know, we're trying to still battle this whole coronavirus thing and, 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 and trying to keep the, you know, keep it at bay as much as possible. And I mean, I know that there's still, even though vaccines are coming around and, you know, we got just a, you know, a year and some odd change into this pandemic. It's still, you know, we're having like 60-something thousand cases a day, new strains and everything else. So it's still out there. It's still an issue. So please be safe and just take care of one another. And, and, and let's just kind of let's get over this so we can just start to really enjoy the fullness of life once again. Uh, but the good news is, is guys, is God gave us an opportunity to be creative and to, you know, think outside the box. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways, this pandemic, is, for me anyway, was one of the best things that could have ever happened because it really put a lot of things in perspective. Things I used to think were so mega important aren't as important, and things that I didn't think were important are now more important. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good balance. Kind of put things in perspective. It kind of held up a mirror in front of me and said, you know, what is it you want to be? Speaking of that... Uh, I'm going to kind of use this platform because I can. Uh, this is kind of an accountability uh, for myself. I, uh, it's, it's no, it's no, it's no um, secret. I've mentioned it a few times just in passing on the show before. Uh, never really much in detail. Perhaps that might be an interesting show later on down the road. 
but I, I have a weight problem. That's just the truth of the matter. That's just the bottom line is I have a weight problem. I weigh much more than I should at my age and for my height. And I just, I've, I'm starting to now, you know, at 41 years old, you know, it's like I've skated by a lot. I have to admit, you know, my life and my body and my I haven't had, praise God, haven't had any major sicknesses, diseases. I, when I do get sick, even when I had the coronavirus, you know, I was able to, God, man, God bless me. Just, just, I was able just to get by pretty mildly. And that was just been all that way. And I rarely ever get sick. And when I do, it just doesn't take very much out of me. And, and my blood work's always been really good. And I just, I've just been a really healthy person aside from this excess weight that I've been carrying. But I know that that, <laughs> you know, that the body was not meant to carry so much extra weight and not have to suffer consequences. You know, we, we, we were not created to carry, you know, excess weight. We were created to, to properly eat food, burn that food as energy and, you know, be not necessarily bodybuilders and, you know, muscle bound freaks, but definitely, you know, to have, um, energy and to be able to live comfortably, you know, not have to fight so hard with your body and, and with, you know, everything else around you just because, you know, you are overweight. And I have done that. I it, it is very very difficult. I've, I've gotten to the point of where I'm so, I'm overweight to the point of where it's just difficult to just to just exist, and I'm just tired of it. And so you know I've been tired of it before, and you know I've tried many different things, and and have significant you know I've lost significant weight before, um, but in the last five six years. Uh, I've kind of gone back and forth many times a year to try and do it on my own. And I just got to the point to where that was just not in the cards anymore. I have just got to the point to where I just get discouraged too easily. And I am the kind of the person who always just want to, um, yeah, I don't want to involve anybody else in my problems and my issues. These, these are my issues. These are my problems. These are my difficulties and even though i know you care about me and love me uh this is my burden to bear and um i had to humble myself and realize that i cannot do this on my own anymore i need a support system i need to have uh help you know from a professional and so i've done that because i basically got to the point where i i have gotten so far overweight that I need one. I'm really at one of two options. I can either have it medically managed, uh, and, and go to a doctor and have you know a med a plan that is set before me that I'm accountable to nurses, doctors, and tests, and you know where I basically just am 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 having to be monitored and you know watched and and you know taken care of that way. That's medically managed weight loss. Or there's always surgery. Um, and frankly, I, the surgery option, just I don't really want that. I don't really want the surgery not to. And hopefully, anybody who's ever done the surgery and you were successful at it, man, God bless you. And that's awesome. And I'm proud and I'm very, God, I mean, you did it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Uh, however, I just, you know, it's, it's just, I just can't do it yet. I'm just not at that point. I'm not ready to go under the knife yet. Uh, to lose the weight because I just I'm, I'm concerned, you know, to be, be frank, I was concerned with not going to sleep and then not waking up. 
just and I'm just I'm not interested in doing that right away. So if I can then however, you know, go to the medically managed weight loss option and give that my absolute best, then I really believe that I can succeed and 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 it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I am in a, I'm about four days in to at least the next year. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be at least the next year and a half of just this incredible journey that I'm going to be on. And it is very tough. It's hard, but it's, 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 it's necessary at this point. Um, I got my blood work done and everything was really, really good. Like it normally is. I wasn't, you know, shocked to see that my levels are mostly good in every single way, except, and this was a first. Uh, my glucose level, which uh, for average people, I think it's like 75 to 99, their glucose number. Their, uh, if, if you've been fasting, your fasting glucose number between 75 and 99, that's normal. That's to consider standard. And I was always around early 90s, 95, 96, the highest, I think. And that was just always my glucose level. Well, anything that's above 99. So if it's 100 to 125, that's considered pre-diabetic. 125 and above is considered diabetes. Uh, my blood test, this bat, this this most recent one came back at 107, and uh, yeah, that's that was alarming. That means that I, the doctor said I'm pre-diabetic, and okay, that's that's shocking. That's 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 not been there before. <laughs> Usually, I can look at my blood work and be like, "Yep, I passed through it," and, I, and I'm not. Having any problems? I'm healthy. Let's keep on eating the cheeseburgers. Nope. Now, now we now I'm I have to fix it. I have to because if I I'm really not interested in 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 voluntary involuntarily uh, getting diabetes. All right, uh, I can fix this. I can change it, and I'm going to, and it's going to be reversed, and I'm going to be healthy. And I'm going to be here for a long time, as much as I can, until God calls me home. I'm going to at least do my very best to make sure that I'm doing my part to stay here as long as possible for my wife, my daughter, my friends, my family members, for you guys, for myself. And, you know, I'm really learning a lot about self-love and self-care and self-discipline and, 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 you know, loving myself uh, so I can learn to love others. And, and, and I think that... You know, the, the podcast at the time, again, there's a lot of topics, but I think I'm learning something here with this, you know, trying to figure out myself and learning how to love myself so that I can, you know, not only become a better person, but also a, you know, lover of God more because I will see myself in him, but also so that I can learn to love others more. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of Christians have a hard time loving others is because we've been taught all this time to hate ourselves when the scripture. And so if you hate yourself, how can you love somebody else? And, you know, it's, it's like, we were even taught that we're just awful, terrible people. And, you know, I, I and then that's the only reason why Jesus was here is so he could save us from ourselves. And then I guess, you know, yes, you can have a dialogue and a discussion and a, and a theological debate on, you know, the, Air of the human person, right? You know, we the fallen man. You can have all this understanding, but the fact of the matter is that God says very plainly in scriptures that says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved us even in our sin and saw us as worthy for himself to be put on a cross for. And that tells me that I am worth something even as a terrible sinner. And that tells me that I am loved and I am cherished and I am created in his image. 
And that's something worthy of love and honor and respect and appreciation. And I haven't been giving myself any of those things. I've, I've just kind of been putting that off on everybody else. Hey, I can love and honor and respect you. I can love and honor and respect and give worship to God. Uh, but when it comes to myself, you know, um, I'm not going to really take care of it because I don't really like myself anyway. I think that's, I could really uncover that onion if you wanted to. Uh, I think a lot of that's just through growing up and in and, and the church and just always being taught how awful I am. And I I think we have to really, again, that word deconstruction I've been using a lot lately. I'm just having to just relearn what it really means to be a believer. Relearn what it really means to be a, a Christ follower. And I'm learning in my 40s and even after being a pastor for almost 20 years. I'm learning that a lot of the things that I just took for granted as a believer and as a Christ follower are not what I thought they were. It's not the truth of the scripture that God is much greater, bigger, and way more loving than I could have ever even imagined he was. And so that that's what I'm kind of just, and I'm grateful for it. I really am. I'm grateful for this time of just reflection and just falling in love with Jesus all over again. It's just it's just a really nice feeling. And so I pray and hope that that's the journey that you're on uh with me on this, you know, while listening to these podcasts. I hope that you're falling in love with Jesus more than you ever have before and just learning about his love and how much he cares for you and how much he wants the best for you and and he wants the best for all of us. And so that's what I'm doing. I I'm I'm losing the weight for a thousand reasons but mostly because I want the best for myself and I want the best for my family and I want for the best for those who really care and love me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I will, I will keep you all updated. You know, if you're interested, I will keep you all updated. I go into my first weekly follow-up on Wednesday and we'll see if I start to lose any weight. I mean, I, I, again, I'm basically having to put my body in submission. So I don't, I'm not really sure what to expect in the first week. I mean, I know that there'll be some changes. I know that my body's like, wow. It's like literally going hundred miles an hour on the fat train and then slamming into skinny reverse. Right. It's like all of a sudden I having to just really make some major differences, but it's worth it. And, you know, they, they, they say that uh, losing weight is hard and being overweight and being fat is hard. So pick your heart, pick your heart, which one are you going to do? And I'm just tired of, of, of being fat hard. <laughs> I'm tired of, 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 of you know, uh, being uncomfortable being on an airplane or having to put my seatbelt on is even a struggle. Even putting on socks. I mean, how, why does it should be so hard to put on socks? But it is. And that's just the truth of the matter. And I'm... Uh, I'm just done with it. So anyway, that's my that's that's a little bit of what's going on in Sean's heart and brain and mind lately. And so I really appreciate you guys being out there just to listen to this. And uh, I pray I pray I pray that you just keep me in your prayers, keep me in your prayers and your thoughts. And I pray that you know um, I'm gonna be able to start giving you guys and myself a really good report. I believe it's gonna happen. I really do. All right, so. Uh, well, now that I kind of give you that intro, <laughs> uh, let's talk about what I want to do today. I want to go to first John chapter four and we're going to learn, we're going to learn, we're going to learn about perfect love and how perfect love has, uh, does not, and fear cannot exist. I've learned again, again, with my whole understanding of of really what it means to be a Christ follower rather than a Christian. I've, I've learned for the last 20 years what it means to be a Christian, but really I was never taught 
nor studied like I should have what it means to be a Christ follower. Uh, you know, not a Bible follower, but a Christ follower. And, and it's completely two different things, honestly. I mean, I know that sounds weird, and some of you probably just turned off the podcast, but you have to, you know, you have to look at the Bible through the mind of Christ. You cannot look at the, uh, you know, Christ through the Bible. And, and you have to really see it as a, as Christ being the light that shines on Scripture and its entirety because he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and then the entire reason why we even have salvation in the first place was all about Jesus. So if anything in the Scriptures ever sounds like it's contradictory to Jesus, you take Jesus' word for it and then learn why you think it's contradictory. And a lot of times you'll find out that it's just it's that it is complementary. You just have to look at it through the way Jesus did, and so you know a lot the, the a lot of that happens because we don't you know a lot of misunderstandings happens because we don't look at the scriptures through Christ's eyes. We look at it through man's eyes or through the old covenant or through um, you know our we you know however we pictured our thought of God uh, growing up, however he was, we were told God is. And so we read scriptures and honestly, it really, that's why there's so many problems and skewed visions and churches and people can't seem to get along is because we're all looking at the same scriptures and say with, with different, you know, perspectives. And, and I guess that, you know, in a way I, I think that is okay, you know, where there should be some Definitely, I mean, again, I, I'm not, I'm not 100 correct. I definitely would never claim to be, and I'm definitely teachable, and I'm open to dialogue. Absolutely open to dialogue. I'm absolutely open to changing my thoughts and ways and deeds and things that, you know, as long as scripture and truth, and again, it goes points back to Jesus all the time. I'm, I'm great with that. That's that's where the line draws. But when it comes to you know, the two greatest commandments, you can't change those. You can't change loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You can't change loving your neighbor as yourself. So every single thing that we do read and experience, especially as Christ followers, has to be done with that mind. That's what Christ says. His commandments are not grievous, and, and they are something to be cherished and to be every single day. We do our very best to make sure we're walking in them. I want to go to... For a chapter, let's see, going to, let's go to First John chapter 4, and I believe that once we go here, we're going to see some very interesting things that I was never saw here until recently. Um, when I was a kid, I, I grew up definitely, I think I mentioned it before, but I grew up in a very, uh, you know, strange experience uh in some ways i wasn't I, even though i was a church kid i was a pastor's kid i mean he was a, my dad and my parents were a pastor later on in my life but my dad and my mom were always involved in some sort of ministry whether it be bible neighborhood bible studies teaching sunday school uh, my dad had a, a bible prophecy radio program my mom and dad were volunteers with various uh, ministries, you know, leaders in the church. I mean, if even if they weren't pastors, they definitely had influence for all of my life. And that, you know, so, so I watched that and experienced that. And I would truly have the traditional evangelical upbringing, you know, that you would see. And, uh, you know, and so, and, and of course, mine was sprinkled with the end of the world 
Okay, because Bible Bible Dad is a huge Bible prophecy, you know, uh, teacher. And again, I, I to his credit, no one teaches Bible prophecy like my dad. And I don't understand a lot of it. I've been around it. I still don't understand it. But he does, and he teaches it, and he teaches it well. And for a lot of people, they, that is their bread and butter. They love it. I've never seen anybody more voracious, I think, in Scripture than Bible prophecy students. It's, it's, and it's, it's incredible. It's admirable. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, I don't. I don't get a lot of it. I don't understand a lot of it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I tend to just say, you know, listen. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just happy to show up because it's the best I can do. You know, I'm still trying to just every single day live my life to the best of best of my best of my ability just for the day. I, I can't even talk about what it's going to be like at the end of the world, right? And that's a lot. A lot of times, Bible prophecy is about is about the end of days. Well, speaking of the end of days, I grew up with a lot of fear about the end of days. A lot of just thinking that, that at any point in time, my parents were just going to disappear and I was going to be left behind because of the rapture, because I wasn't a Christian or I wasn't good enough for Jesus. I mean, these are the things that I would grow up with. I would grow up thinking that I knew when Jesus was going to come back. You know, that the Bible said, no man shall know the name of the, shall know the day of the hour, but surely God will tell a child, you know, so I got to, I grew up literally thinking as a young child that God could speak to me and tell me when the rapture is going to be. I mean, uh, again, it sounds crazy now that I'm thinking about 40, I'm 41 years old, but I mean, that's just the kind of mentality I grew up with. I kind of grew up with um, thinking that every single summer is going to be my last fun summer, that, that the, the New World Order is going to come in, the Antichrist is going to take over, you know, the rapture is going to happen anytime, and people will be left behind. And uh, um, I mean, it was just, that's just the kind of bringing. So I grew up thinking of God as a, as something to be afraid of. And to, um, you know, honestly thinking that at any point in time, if I'm not righteous and I'm not prayed up and I'm not, I didn't ask forgiveness for my sins, that I could be left behind or I could be judged if I died in a car wreck and I didn't ask for forgiveness for my sins that day, that I could go to hell for an eternity and burn, you know. Um, and I've learned now again at 41 years old that a lot of those things just aren't simply true, that God did not call us to fear. God did not call us to even fear punishment if we are his children. And what does that even mean? What does that even mean to be a part of God? If, how can I be in God? How can God live in me? I don't even know what that means. I, I just know that I'm doing my very best to make sure that God doesn't get mad at me. So I'm asking forgiveness for every single little sin that I can think of because I don't want to be, you know, f thrown in hell for an eternity and burn. And this this is, I was a child thinking these things. And that's not normal, I don't think, for most children, but that was my reality. And again, it just goes back to growing up and thinking that I, something was going to be wrong with me, you know, that, 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 I, that I, had a, I just didn't like myself. Um, and when you think about it, and I think about it now a lot, that that's a lot of my issues came from. A lot of my issues came from just never feeling like I was good enough. I was never good enough for God, never good enough for my family, never good enough for my parents. And that nothing that I could ever do would be satisfactory enough. So what's the point in even trying? And I, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to ask for the pity card here. I'm just trying to give you a little understanding of just how I grew up. And I... Um, I'm just, I'm so grateful guys. I'm so grateful now that I'm starting to learn that Jesus loves me, that Jesus truly does love me for me as he created me. 
And that the more that I love him and the more that I learn that love from him, that he does love me, the greater love I can have for others because he first loved me. And so that's what I kind of want to go out about. First John chapter four, we're starting with verse seven. Okay. We're going to talk about what God is. That basically God is love. Okay. That, that at the end of the day, regardless, God is love and don't let anybody tell you different. Don't ever think that God wants us to be afraid of him, especially if we're in him and he's in us. Don't be afraid of God. And I know that sounds crazy because people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. The scripture tell us to have a fear of God. Yeah, an awe of God. Like a respect and an awe and a overwhelming sense of gratitude and 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 and, and honor for him. But God does not want us to be afraid of him. And we're about to read about it. And you're gonna be like, What? I know that's crazy to me. Because that's all I taught. That's all I was taught. All I was taught was supposed to be afraid of God. I forgot that God was over our shoulders watching for us to mess up so they could punish us. And that's not it at all. Um, and in fact, the more that we love him, the less likely we are to do things that are contrary to, you know, him or to others. Right. Uh, for example, I, I, I love my wife more than anything in the world. And I know that she loves me. Because I have this love for her and she has this love for me and we're mutually having this love together, that doesn't mean that I just go out and cheat on her or hurt her or be mean to her, does it? That doesn't give me free ride to do that. In fact, it does completely the opposite. It motivates me to find new ways to love her every single day because I cherish her. And that's the same way we have to understand with God, is that God is, because he loves us so much and we love him, you know, that motivates us to want to be better for him and to not sin and to not hurt our brothers and sisters and to not hurt God. You know, I mean, God forbid that we are, you know, always constantly afraid of him, right? And, and always afraid that he's going to, you know, tear us down or send us to hell and lightning goes here and all those other crazy things. All right. First John chapter four, verse seven, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Now, real quick, we did a study on love. And if you haven't heard that, go about two, three weeks back and listen to it first. Because we're talking about the agape love here in the scripture. We're talking about the 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. The unconditional love. The love that doesn't require any exchange whatsoever. It is purely unadulterated and given freely without anything expected in return. Okay, that's the agape love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Listen to that one more time. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. People who have unconditional love for God, for others, they are his. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay, and that, that includes anybody. That includes your your teachers, bosses, pastors, you know, friends, family, moms, dads, anybody, anybody who does not love, and they say they know God, they don't know God. If they're not if they're not full of love, they don't they 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 don't know God at all because God truly is love, and love comes from Him. Verse eight: Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He has sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Obviously, I'm talking about Jesus, right? This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God didn't send Jesus because we loved him first. God sent Jesus because he loved us first. That's very important. Jesus wasn't some sort of prize because we loved him. You know, hey, let me let me give you a sacrifice for sins because you love me so much. No, he we were loved, lost in our sin, okay? As mankind, we were fallen state. And it was even in that understanding that even if we didn't love Jesus, even even sorry, even if we didn't love God, he still loved us regardless to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to what? Love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Let me read that again. No one has ever seen God. Okay. If anybody's ever said they've seen God, sorry, that's just not possible in, in, in on earth. Okay. For whatever reason, we, we, we can go down that rabbit hole if you want to. But God has not chosen to make himself visible to mankind. No one has ever seen God. But if you love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In other words, if you want to see God on earth, you love one another. Let me say that again. If you want to see God on earth, you want to see a physical representation of God. You go to an atheist and they'd be like, I don't know who God is. I don't ever see them. Prove to me there's a God. You know how you prove to them there's a God? Yep, you love them unconditionally. That's how you prove to them as God that there's a God, because God lives in you, and in here, and the love that He's given you, and the love that you're giving to others proves God's existence, because God is love. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him, and that He in us. Because he has given us his spirit. Okay, that's how we know that we live him. That's how we know he lives in us. Because he's given his, his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. What that's telling us is that's not just saying if I acknowledge Jesus, if I just know that Jesus existed. That's not the acknowledgement it's talking about. This is a deeper meaning of just saying, yeah, Jesus existed. This is actually you are aligning yourself with the principles and the commandments and the life of Jesus. You are aligning yourself with him. You are mimicking Jesus. You are a Christ follower. That's what this is saying. That's how you acknowledge Jesus is by lining yourself up with Jesus and being Jesus to anybody and everybody and that that and that means you have unconditional love for everybody and you are taking care of those who are oppressed you are healing the sick okay and that doesn't just necessarily mean do miracles that means that you're taking the time to care for other people's needs in front of your own okay and among many other things i mean go to the matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 if you really want to understand christ's heart and how to live it and how to really have the mind of christ and give to other people like Jesus did.
Okay, if you want to line yourself up, if you want to acknowledge Jesus, then study him, study his works, and and and, and follow likewise. And so we know and rely on the love of God, verse 16. For So we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Again, agape love, unconditional. Whoever lives in love, listen, this is so good. Whoever lives in love lives in God. How do you live in love? That means that you, that you dwell there, okay? I live in my home. My home is my safe place. My home is a place that I just enjoy. It's a place of solitude, a place of rest, a place of family, a place of comfort. A, you know, my home is a sanctuary, right? It's, it's, a, it's a dwelling. It's a place that I know that I'm safe. That's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to live in love. It's not just something that you just pick up. A lot of people say that, you know, I'm practicing the fruit of the Spirit. I'm practicing love. I'm practicing joy. I'm practicing peace. No, 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 no. You're getting it wrong. Those attributes, the fruits of the Spirit, that is what we're to live in. It's not something you just practice or pick up when you're trying to, like, pass a test, you know, for, for the spiritual awakening in your life. No, it's like you are literally living in that love. Because whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in you, and God in him. One more time. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. I think that's incredibly profound. And this way, this is where we get, this is where it gets really good. This is where my 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 brain at 41 years old was, was challenged because I was always taught it's completely opposite. Verse 17. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence wherever you are. Okay. I don't care if you're listening to this in the car and get your fudge and you're on the bus, wherever. I want you to say this word with me. Confidence. Say it out loud. Confidence. We will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. Yeah. I just said that. I don't know about you. Maybe that. Maybe that's just crazy. Maybe for me, I've always taught of Judgment Day as an awful, terrible, shaking in your boots kind of experience. And now this is telling me that when we are living in the love of God and God lives in us and we in Him, that we're to have confidence, confidence on Judge the Day of Judgment. Yeah, I mean it's a happy day. It's a good day. It's like no, I know where I'm at. I I lived in love. I've shared, I, I'm, I have focused my entire existence on making sure that others are taken care of before myself. I don't, I don't, I, I've, I've done every single thing I can to make sure that I've, you know, fed the hungry and clothed the, the, the naked and gave thirst to the thirsty and, you know, uh, took care of the sick. Remember what, that's what he talks about, the separating the sheep, sheep from the goats, those who are his versus those who are not. You do unto the least of these, you do unto the father. And I was, I was never taught this. I was always taught that God every single day was just on me, you know, to get my sins right, to, to ask forgiveness, to get cleansed. I'm not saying that I don't have sin, but I'm not trying to work on things that I've unresolved sin issues. Of course, I'm every single day, just like you, trying to be a better person. But there is now no condemnation, that's what the scriptures say, for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not just walk around feeling all dumb and doldrum and sad and beat up. And punished. Listen, verse number 18. 
it says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you are constantly in fear of being punished by God, you are not living in God. I'm going to say it again. If you are constantly in fear by being punished by God, you are not living in love with God. You, God is not dwelling in you. If, but if you are in confidence, if you are not dwelling in that fear of punishment, but you have confidence in the day of judgment and that you are loving God and loving others, you, my friends, can join me in confidence on the day of judgment. Why? Because we are dedicating ourselves to no longer, you know, trying to please him. We're accepting his love and therefore responding to him because we love him and he loves us. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, quote, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God. So if you've seen your brother, but you, don't, but you do not love him, you can't love God, whom you have not seen. And he has given this commandment, whosoever loves God must also love his brother. Verse 21. So that's, that's right there. That's not talking about just your brother, meaning that you're, you know, you're, brother or sister or somebody you're blood related to or whatever. This is talking about your fellow man, your fellow woman, all men. If you do not love them, if you don't love the people whom you see, and man, this has happened all <laughs> and I get it. There's some people that are really difficult to love. Uh, you know, um, but you know, that doesn't give us any excuse not to have a, a a uh, strive and a and just a, a a drive rather to look at humanity through God's eyes, which was worthy enough, even though we were sinners and we were fallen. God still seemed the whole world, the whole world, everyone in it, as qualified to receive His Son as an atonement for our sins. And I don't know about you. But that to me is just incredible. It's just like all of a sudden it just makes everything just come in to, to it's just the way it's supposed to be. And God truly was restoring his relationship with mankind through Jesus. And I'm not just, it's not just the elite, it's, it's everybody. The whole Jesus came to die for the entire world so that we all now can experience God and be his live and have his love. Well, not really have it. We already had his love. That was why he's in Jesus. Experience his love. Maybe it's a better way to put it. Or acknowledge it. Again, acknowledging his love. So no matter what, guys, I know that, you know, we've, right now there's a tough time in, in going on in, 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 in the nation. You know, there's not a lot of love going around. I mean, just turn on the news and a lot of angst, a lot of just, just bitterness and hate and um, sadness. And it's like we just... We're just we're experiencing a lot right now that is just tragic, and you know that's the I I pray at the very least that those who listen to the show that guys we can be lights in that dark places, you know that we can go out there and be sources of strength to those who are heavy burdened and are to, you know, oppressed, are taken care of, you know who are not being treated fairly, who are being you know 
trodden down. You know, God has given us that confidence and that love and that joy and the unconditional love from him. And, you know, we got to learn to love ourselves now and then now go out and, and, and accept that love from Jesus and know that he lives in us and we in him. And then let other people experience that same love that we get from the father unconditionally without anything expected in return. Just, Hey, what do you need? What do you, how can I help you? What can I do to take care of you? What can I do to, to be just a source of just joy in your life? And I, you know, just practice it. Take, take, take every single day, live in love. And, you know, I promise the scriptures tell us very, very plainly, if we are actively living in love, that God Jesus can't help be glorified and we can really change the planet and really make a difference in the world. Like I've always wanted to do. And it's not through fear tactics. It's not through, um, you know, making telling people they're going to hell. It's truly about just loving others unconditionally and letting God do the work in their heart. Alrighty guys. Well, I pray that you have an incredible rest of your week. Um, maybe it's kind of fun that rather than on Friday, you get to start up the rest of the week. You can start on a Monday, uh, you know, listening today and, uh, hopefully it's a blessing for you this week and, you know, go forth and make disciples and love other people. And also don't forget to love yourself and love God. God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Mm -hmm.